The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Welcome to this episode of Pit Life Barbecue. Gather around the pit with your hosts, Johnny Mags and Greg the Barbecue Broker DiGiorgio. Let's talk barbecue. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in Salem, New Hampshire. It's Fit Life Barbecue Podcast, where we talk everything barbecue and a lot of other topics that you normally talk around a pit. As always, I'm joined by the barbecue broker. Yes, you are, my brother. Hi, brother. How are you? Good. How are you? Here I am. There you are. How was your week? Fantastic. I like your shirt. Eat barbecue. Eat barbecue. It's my dude, Eric. Barbecue family right there. Sent me a... Actually... Hand delivered to my house. And check him out. Eat underscore barbecue on uh, Instagram. Young guy, aspiring pitmaster. I love to see young people getting into the game early on because when they're our age, they're going to be beasts. He's already putting out some great stuff too. So mm-hmm. check him out. Eat barbecue on Instagram. Look, check that bad boy out. Yeah. Cooking cop and the babe. <laughs> right, my boy Josh and babe. Mm-hmm. Helen Cali. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Represent. Represent. Represent the fam. Get the fam. 100%. So, how did it go? You want to know how my first week was on the on the on the on the beast? Yeah, give me the cliff note version. The cliff note version is she is unreal. She runs like a Maserati. I had her in the cold. Um, I ran her. I started her up. And she was at 250 degrees. I still had ice on my firebox, on the outside of my firebox. That's how insulated it is. She ran her in the rain. It just runs smooth. There's really no hot spots. I tested a rack out right next to the firebox in the far right in the bottom. It was getting just as much color and it was cooking just as evenly as the other side of the rack. So I am, for the first week, pretty ecstatic. Nice. For the new back line. Nice, nice. My briskets nice. came out great. I cooked four prime briskets this weekend. I probably did six racks of ribs, 10 pounds of pork belly, two whole chickens, and I just had people drop off food so I could I could practice on it. So my neighbors ate well, and so did a few other people. Hey, it so. works. That's a one that's, way of doing it. That's the Cliff Note version. I love it. I Let's love talk it. about I love who this show is brought to you by, and first is brought by Uncle Steve Shake. Have you ever stopped to wonder why every time your neighbor has a barbecue, there's a line of people just waiting to get into his backyard. But yet, when you have a barbecue, no one's coming by. The simple answer to those questions is that your neighbor's using Uncle Steve's shake, and apparently you're not, which means one thing, you better get you some. Look, Uncle Steve's shake is handmade using the finest ingredients, and now comes in uh, nine awesome flavors, including the new competition line. If you could eat it, we have a shake for it. And if you have any shake questions, Uncle Steve has fantastic customer service. He'll walk you through all your shake needs. It's time to take your backyard barbecue game to the next level with Uncle Steve's Shake. Shake some on everything. Check him out at UncleSteveShake.com. You won't be sorry. And today's show is also brought to you by... Our friends at Two Guys Smoke Shop and TwoGuysCigars.com. Whether we are barbecuing or not, we always keep the smoke rolling, thanks to our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. Today, we were smoking the Toscano Ducento. Thanks to our friends from 
twoguyscigars.com. We get to smoke some of the best cigars in the world, and so can you. Just visit twoguyscigars.com for your perfect barbecue companion. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. .com. So you ready for this? Oh, yeah. We this got- is going to be a great episode. I'm really excited about this episode, actually. There is going it's, to be it's something a that we use plethora daily. of knowledge. It's something that we use daily in barbecue. Yep. It's a necessity mm-hmm. for cooking. Mm-hmm. It's something you can buy almost anywhere, not maybe the specific kind, but a product, a variation of. Yep. And we'll talk about why this is one of the better ones. Absolutely. What is this? What are we talking about right now? We are talking about, today we are being joined by a, well, how do, you, how do I want to phrase this? A true barbecue student. An aficionado. An aficionado, a passionado, the whole nine yards. Straight up barbecue nerd. And I love it. I love, I love it. it. We too. had a conversation last week for about just under an hour. You told me. And it was blowing my mind. Uh-huh. But let's just get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, straight from B&B Charcoal, <laughs> Mr. Ed Riley. What's, What's up? up, Ed? How hey, are you? How are you, Ed? How are you doing, brothers? How are things going in New England? Oh, Things cool. are just doing cold. Cold? <laughs> That's what you expect. Yeah, it's January. What the hell? January, exactly. Like you're in Florida, that's going to be the same answer across the country. Ice, <laughs> ice on my on all my smokers this morning. Ice, no, man. Just, just ice. That's, now, that's a true barbecue fish. If you're going out checking your smokers and you've got stuff in your smokers, man, hands down. Good oh, job. It, don't, it doesn't stop around here. It doesn't here. stop here. Nope. We shovel our driveways and then we shovel the, the, the barbecue pits. Oh, no, we shovel the barbecue pits, then we shovel <laughs> Then we the shovel it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depending on schedules, but usually I try to hit the pit first. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's great to have you, Ed. So exciting because everyone knows who B&B Charcoal is. Oh, yeah. But for those who might live under a rock or something. Which those, you know who you are. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're talking you know who you are. Specifically you. Ed, give us a uh, you know, rundown of a, uh, a quick rundown on the history of B&B. Hmm. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so B&B's been around since about 1961. Um, there are over 60 different products, different things to cook outside with. Um, the, the, the Kiner family is, um, you know, they've been knee-deep in this stuff for a long time, and, and that just about everybody who's in their family is involved in the business. So it's a family-run business. I'm just a sales guy from the outside. I came in about a year and a half ago, but I've learned so much about the final ingredient, which is your charcoal. Um, Mm. I've been in barbecue for over 25 years on the manufacturer side. I've worked for Weber and Charbroil and Sunbeam and Old World Spices, a variety of whole different type of manufacturers. But one thing I never considered was the third ingredient, your, your barbecue, the actual the uh, the wood or the charcoal or the pellets that you use it adds a flavor uh, and it's a flavor profile that's very distinctive depending on the type of wood you're using mm-hmm. and um, and it's the first taste that you perceive when you go to eat barbecue your nose is queuing up your taste buds to about you know what's about to hit your lips mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. Uh, without that wood flavoring on the outside of it 
you're missing a, a flavor profile of your barbecue. So, yeah, fact. I mean, it really fact. is. It starts. That's the, it. Starts there. <clears throat> For some, it starts with charcoal. For some, it starts with wood. For me, it starts with a little of both because mm-hmm. I use a little bit of lump to. Well, that's to, to get my just like when you do your rubs, you layer your rubs. Yeah. You could layer your smoke profiles too. You could start mm. with the base. You hit it in the middle with you know. You go with your you know hickory or oaks, and then you can you know people like to have a sweeter finish, especially when you have some sauce on like your ribs or your uh, your maybe even the finishing on some of your briskets. They'll add a sweeter like a cherry or apple to tack up your sauce a little bit on the outside of it. So you get a multiple flavors of wood smoke on that. You know to go with your. The proteins and the, and the rubs and the marinades that you use too—it's all they all work together. Yeah, hundred percent. Smoke profiles—that gets me so excited. I know why. It's a whole, it's, because it's a whole different area. Why that excited over smoke profiles? Because you can change it up now. And we're not even talking about weed, and I'm still excited. Oh Jesus! What? Bring it back! Bring it back! <laughs> okay, we're good. Goose rubber. So Ed. You know, after we, you know, we had we had spoken uh, last week. We, you know, we had a great conversation, and there there were a few things that kind of blew my mind. And so, um, you know, as far as B and B as a company, you know, uh, how the hell do you put it? Um, how would you fall in the category of other charcoal? Yeah, like I guess the competition. Let's call it how it is. You know, because obviously. B&B is so well-known and, you know, out in the forefront of, you know, see all the pictures and everything of all the groups. You said something to me that was very interesting. And, 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 I, and, I, and I was going to say the same thing. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you, it's like, is it just known for the barbecue guys or is it known outside of the barbecue guys or family, you know, so to speak, right? I'm finding it's not that well known outside of the barbecue guys in the competition world. Mm-hmm. Like when I go to a contest, I see our bags a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But when you go to just backyarders, you know, the, 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 most of our customers are backyarders, but most backyarders don't know who we are. If you go, if you look at the size of something like a Kingsford or something, we're less than a one percent size of Kingsford as far as what our size of our company is. Less, I mean, do you say less than 1%? Yeah. Less than 1%. I mean, like, that's like, incredible. Like, we're, we're tiny. We're, we're a boot. I think we even said boutique barbecue. Boutique. Boutique briquettes. Boutique. That's it. We are boutique. Um, no kidding. I thought you were much complete, completely blew my mind when he had you would said think it. that they had that, that, that just from, you know, you see them all over the place. I mean, it, for me, Maybe it's because I'm just in it, and I'm always looking at barbecue stuff on yeah. Instagram. I see B&B tagged in so many post stories. A lot of Texas guys using B&B. Are you guys out of Texas? Yes. Is that, did we, yeah, so they, we they, it's about 45 <clears throat> minutes south of San Antonio, so we've got a great presence in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, It's available a lot of different places in Texas, but outside of Texas, up to a year ago, you couldn't find the stuff. Um, I mean, it was, it was in Academy Sports, which is a Texas-based retail chain. I think they have 200 some odd stores throughout the Southeast, but mm-hmm. that was it. Uh, we're now in ACE. So that helps a lot. You can, you can go on to uh, ACE's main website and order it and it will be delivered to the closest ACE store to you. So that's going to be helpful. Um, we're in, yeah. uh, just got a, a couple of test stores and Lowe's 
So we're trying out Lowe's a little bit, um, okay. and uh, like Rural King and some other places in the Midwest. Uh, we're you know getting our, our you know putting our toes in the water out there because the, the, the I think in this past year especially everybody's been at home more they've been cooking out more mm. and and quality rises to the top like cream rises to the top people are seeking out a better ingredient and 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 our briquettes are better our lump is better our wood is kilned better so it has a better effect when you cook out it, it's it's that not all charcoal is made equal. And, and quality matters. And when you cook with our stuff, you're like, okay, now I taste the difference. Um, there's some other good quality charcoal people out there too, but we don't, you know, when with, with our briquettes, we don't add anything to it. There's no mineral char in it. If you look online to see what some of the other big guys put in their stuff, it's, it's limestone, borax, a lot of fillers, coal char in there. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff is a waste of your time and money. Ours is a hundred percent oak char. How do you, so not- you get a consistent and consistent smoke profile off of it. So when you say yours is kiln-dried better, elaborate on that. Because I mean, to me, to so, the average person, kiln-dried is kiln-dried. Mm-hmm. It is, and there's an FDA requirement for that. Um, but all our, we, we don't own forests. We don't own tracts of land. So okay. all our wood is hand-selected. When private farmers bring their wood samples in we look at it there's moisture testing and we won't take something that's too dry or something that's too rotted or wet okay um if you your own tracks of wood and you go out and you call the trees you're going to use everything because that's your property your wood and you're going to do what you want we have the option of taking a look at a piece of hickory and like no thank you Mm. no thank you we don't want that so they only bring us the best quality wood um you start out with the better ingredient like that then our kilns are um they're, it's, I don't know, it's proprietary, but I know that they don't like to talk about too much about how they do it, but how they stack it in the kilns. So you can get the, the idea of killing the, killing the wood, killing is to kill all the bacteria and all the bugs in there. So you're not taking any fungus or anything from one state to the other. Right. But then we air dry our afterwards, um, our, our wood. And that's one of the reasons why they can't sell wood by weight because our wood, you know, wood dries out over a period of time. Mm. Our wood dries out less. Uh, you guys up okay. in New England know if you've got a piece of firewood that sits outside for five or six years, it's not going to be as good as a one seasoned wood. So our, <clears throat> our wood, by the time it's in the bag and on the shelf, is only one season old. Okay. So you're going to get the highest quality wood. It's not three, four, five, or six years old. You got a drier wood. The drier the wood, the less of the, the cell profiles. membranes, the lanikins and stuff inside that lanikins. wood. Lanikins. Yeah, that word. The smoke. He just said lanikins, John. I know. The hell's a lanikin? Like a mineral? It, it's a membrane of a the cellulose membrane inside the wood. Cellulose. I might be saying membrane. it wrong, but it's it, I can't spell it. But it's uh it's one of the one of the things that when you smoke when you burn hickory, it makes it smell like hickory. When you burn mesquite, mm. it makes it smell like mesquite. Because I've always said that wood has different, you know, when you're burning, say, wood over charcoal, you're getting all those different flavor profiles throughout the whole cycle of each of each burning cycle. And this just goes right back to that, basically, because what he's saying is he's making sure that before they make their charcoal, they're getting, the, in, in a sense, the ripest wood. Mm-hmm. The best wood, right. The best or the ripest wood that you can get. You know, at its peak or before its peak. So when you know that after you kill and dry it, you're still going to have the flavor. And did he say, what did he say? Lectin, lectins? Am I saying it wrong? Lectin? No, I don't even know. I'm getting it wrong because I don't know. It's the first time I heard you say it. But whatever he said, all that extra, all the. Cell membrane. All, you know, the cell membrane. The cellulose membrane. 
<laughs> but that's, I love to hear this. So that is, you hand select it, which is probably why you can't mass produce like maybe some of the other people that use fillers. And we don't add stuff. Um, a lot of places will add stuff to, obviously not their, you know, you can't add it to the, to the, to the wood, but they add it to the charcoal uh, to add weight to it. They mm. add different things, additives to it. Um, and they, and they use a lot of industrial scrap wood as well. Our, our briquettes are made straight from our lump charcoal process. After we get done with our oak lump, the smaller pieces, the fines, is what we make our briquettes out of. So there's no additional, you know, there's a lot of people that use lumber scraps. Um, you can, you know, furniture is made out of hardwood, right? But it's been milled. It's been, you know, it's been, some people buy the extra furniture scraps from bed frames and couches and stuff, and they use that in the briquettes. Yeah, it's hardwood, but how old is that? Mm. So our briquettes are made from our oak char, which is hand-selected just, you know, a couple of months earlier for, for our oak lump process. Um, and we don't mix our hardwood. So, you know, when you get a bag of our oak lump, it's oak lump. When you get a bag of our mesquite, it's a mesquite. A bag of our hickory is hickory. Uh, that keeps you a consistent BTUs because everything's burning the same. That's the key. And everything's smelling the same. And mm. that's important as a chef. You want that predictable, uh, repeatable process. So once you hit it, when you got that taste profile you want, you go back to a bag of our stuff and you're going to get the same thing you got last time. And that's important. Besides the smoker, did you have a question? I just had a quick one. No, I was just agreeing with him because, you know, each wood actually burns differently also. That's right. So if you get you get a, a certain company's charcoal, you know, they'll throw this, they'll throw it in, you know, the filler, other woods in it. So each bag is going to be different. Mm. While B&B is straight, just like you said, it's going to be the same, same every time. Is why, why is McDonald's so su- successful? Because mm-hmm. no matter where in the world you go, cheeseburger that cheeseburger is going to be exactly same. the same. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I know when I would use uh, lump over uh, briquettes, uh, sometimes it's the, B- the BTUs that I want, or sometimes it's the vessel that I'm cooking in. Like, the, you know, the Kamado likes the... <clears throat> you love the lump charcoal. Yeah. Um, you know, when would you recommend someone be outside of the vessel that they're using? What, when would you recommend a lump over briquettes? I'm, I'm of the opinion that on, on your deck, on your outdoor kitchen, you need a variety of <clears throat> cooking appliances. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a few myself, and I like using different things for different things. Just like in your kitchen at home, you got a toaster for this, a microwave for that, an oven for that, or a stove top yep. for this. I think on your deck, you need a variety of cooking appliances. You need the Kamado for this. You need the offset for that. I've got a Weber 22 kettle, a couple of them that they have a certain spot for it as well. I've got gas grills, and I've been playing with the griddle lately too. So every appliance has used different things, and you can mix it up as well. I would use lump. Lump has – I'm going to reverse that. I, I think that lump has certain characteristics that briquettes don't, and vice versa, depending on what you're looking for. Your lump is going to burn hotter, 800 to 1,000 degrees on the surface of that lump. Yep. Your briquettes won't get that uh, your lump is going to have unevenness because you have big pieces and little pieces, yep, right? Yep. So there's more fire management, but that also means you can you it, it could fluctuate better too. Like oh, if it's getting away from you, you, can tone it in quicker too. Just a little bit of adjustment goes a long way with the lump. But with the briquettes, you've got a consistency 
but it's kind of it's it's a little harder to move it off of where you want it. Like to stoke mm-hmm. it up, yep. takes a little more to get your lump going hotter. <clears throat> just open it up and it gets hot, right? With your briquettes, it takes a little bit more to get the briquettes hotter than you want. So if I'm doing something I want consistent temperature, I'm doing briquettes. If I want the higher heat, I'm doing lump. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people who use steak like the briquettes because it's a it's a short burst of time that they want. But for a Kamado, I'm I'm using lump in a Kamado because yeah. I want I, I like that 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 smokier flavor that you get. You can get more smoke flavor from from lump than you can briquettes because it's broken down by the time uh, I got to a briquette. Oh, but I see. with the briquettes, you can add flavors. You can put a piece of maple or or cherry on top of that, and put a chunk on top of that to get you know very specific smoke profiles that you're looking for. Um, the lump tends to break down quicker. Um, it burns faster. The briquettes last a little longer. So Do they? you know maybe if I'm doing an offset like a pizza or something like that, I'm yep. using some briquettes because I'm I don't want to be messing with my fire as much as I'm working with the pies getting them on and off and on and off like that. So I want that consistent heat that the briquettes, and I'm opening and closing the grill a little bit more, which would affect the lump, but it wouldn't affect the briquettes as much. So with the lump, you get hotter, more affected by uh, air, you know, so you you, you, you have a lot, a um, little more fire management, uh, and it burns quicker. So briquettes, you get a little lower temperature, but you get the consistency, uh, and you get a longer burn with briquettes. So those are the benefits and cons in both of those. That's so depending on what you're cooking on what you need. I, I, I have, you know, and everybody should have a bag of lump and a bag of briquettes. Now, and you could even mix it too. I've seen people in long cooks that start out with, a, we've got something called a charlog. They start with the charlog, which is like a briquette, and then they put lump on top of that to give it some smoky profile, and then they put chunks on top of that to give it another smoky profile yeah. so you can even combine all three of them if you wanted to because i've always thought just from using lump mostly in my green egg <clears throat> and you get you know, it's just maybe it was just a vessel but I, I was always under the assumption that lump burns hotter and longer than briquettes you know i always found briquettes would die out quicker if you grill them and stuff like that use the wrong briquettes that's maybe the problem brother that's it because you're not using b and b i'm not using b and b apparently <laughs> Maybe I should be. You need to get him in the kind of the bigger box stores. That's what I think. Working on it. I yeah. know. He's working well, on it's it. Been, how many it's been, been since I mean, 1961 for crying out loud? <laughs> Make a move already. <laughs> Let's go. So you want some help? That's guys, why we're talking to you guys. So you guys need to, advertise, you need to advertise on the, on so, the podcast. Is what okay, it is. Ed. Here's, here's the point. When we had referenced earlier that B&B is truly in, in as far as the charcoal world is truly a, a boutique company, mm. so a small company. Can you tell everybody, because this one really took me over. Mm. Did this one t- almost took me over as much as how many grills you had, but we'll get there. Well, we'll get to that. How many employees does B&B have as a company in whole? I, I, now, I'm not charged a payroll, but I've only met about five people, and I'd imagine there's probably another five that I haven't met. So, like, 12 people that work there. Dozen people for this company. That's crazy. If you get two dozen, maybe you get yourself into the big box store. (laughs) Just saying, more people (laughs) to select more wood. We don't want to. So, you don't want to skimp on the quality. But, but here, year, there is something been to a say. A lot of capital investment, so we're working on getting. You know, because that we're talking to you guys and getting that consumer demand helps. Because when I knock on the door to Lowe's or a Depot or someplace, they're like, "Yeah, we've heard of you, but nobody's asking for your product." Oh well, we'll, we'll get a lot. We'll get. You want people to go ask for your product? Just say the word. That makes my job easy. That's it. I'll have fifty <laughs> people in line tomorrow asking for B and B charcoal at Lowe's. 
Okay, and, if and that's where you want to go. That's that's exactly what we want because that way we can get into <clears> people. Because at the end of the day, the more people are cooking out, the better the world's going to be. Nobody's arguing about politics or religion. Nope. They just want another rib or some brisket. Oh, I, I think when you drive into a neighborhood, and I've said this a hundred times. If everybody's cooking outside, that's a that's a place you want to live. Now, yeah. if everybody's inside watching the news, CNN or Fox or whatever, that's that's a contentious type of everybody's suspicious and stuff. Right, but right. if you're outdoor cooking, or I mean, it's it's a better place. So just the more people and and the more you somebody cooks out and that does a good job at it, and they get that out of boy or that out of girl, mm-hmm. the more they're going to want to cook out. They're like, oh wow, this turned out good. These people are happy. Yeah, Boom, absolutely. I got a few out of boys. Now I have a five hundred pound smoker. <laughs> 500 gallon smoker. 500 gallon smoker. So yeah, let's move on to the you know the vessels and everything. Yeah, you know. So hold on, let's have a little fun with this before he says the number. Let's have a little fun with it. With our with our with our uh, okay with our watches steer the ship, my friend. So just first of all, some shout outs. Mike C, brother, what's up, Brad? Kent, Daddy Dutch, K. Your, what's up, Gray? Randy, Kiki Longo, what's up? Uncle Steve, Uncle Lep, Steve. Eddie, Gary Haywood, Thanks Corey. For We're going to throw it out there. I'd like I'd like for you guys to guess how, because we, look, we know the answer to this already, okay? We have to. It's our job. But I want you guys to just throw up here into the chat how many vessels you think Ed owns. I'm not going to give any hints. You get 30 seconds. Throw it up there right now. Let's see what you come up with. Let's see if yeah. anyone is close. And the closest person, what are we going to do? I'll give him a B&B hat and, some, and, uh, and whatever else I can find in my drawer at the office. B&B hat and a set of Eddie's underwear. All right. There we go. Let's go. So, <laughs> let's, come on, guys. Let's see. How many vessels... Does Lep, Ed we, have? We have Lep is the first one at 23. Crawd Eddie at 18. Mm-hmm. How come I'm Ross Schmidt at 6. Ooh. Randy Salinas at 6. You must have faster internet than I do. Brad Marinda Bell, 10. <laughs> Gary Haywood says 4. Gary Haywood says Gray four. says 30. Gray says 30. Juke okay. Marino says 12. Okay. Okay. And we should cut it down. And, uh, Brad now says 7. So I would say you've got... Ten seconds left Ten. to Ten get seconds. your guess in. Anyone Nine. else? Kent said seven. Eight. Edward Cogan said sixteen. Seven. Tracy said twenty-two. Six. Five. Kent's trying to game the system. Four. Let's go. Three. Kent's going the wrong way. Two. <laughs> <laughs> one. All right. Guys, like, guys, before you say it, add up all those numbers that you just got. All right, add them up. Let's 23, go. 18. You go, oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. You're asking this guy to add. He went to Uber and school. So come on. That's 10, no, 10, 10, 42, 47, 56, 92, 104, 134, 138, 12. That's 150. Longest trouble ever. Keep going. We're, we're right about 170. Uh, 70 is a round number right here, Ed. And who's the highest? R- Juke. Um, was it Juke? Or Gray Reiner. Gray they Reiner. even added up. How close are they? Gray how, how Reiner yep. is 30. Okay. So he is the highest. The number. So he is the actually closest without going over. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. total number of vessels that is Ed Riley 
uh, from B&B Charcoal owns is is oh you want me to say it yes, yes. 700 well, it's probably 850. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Greg. You were close, but off still by 800, but still pretty damn close. Yeah. Uh, off, uh, yeah. Considering uh, it, it was uh, Kent's uh, off by about 820. Kent, so. you went the wrong way, bro. <laughs> Obviously, you know this was going to be a ridiculous amount of uh, – if you didn't this know already. Was, when they, whenever, whenever he told me that – I'm not even um, getting the updates for some reason. Why is that? Isn't know. that crazy? Dude, tell us about – first of all, where do you keep these? Because – where do you keep them? Right now, they're mainly in storage units, basements, garages. I got them in chicken coops. I've got them in my yard. They're just all over the place. Chicken coops. In Georgia, we got large chicken coops. Yep. Now yeah, you, we, when we had spoke last week, you had said you had just did you you just purchased a new one, and you had sent me pictures, oh, yeah. and we actually yeah. have pictures, the ones that you sent me, um, that right there. What? Which is, is I think this is the one that you had found in the was it in the islands? Saint Croix. Yep. Saint Croix. Come on. This what? grill. That? So that's where this grill was located. Fire in the bottom? Yeah, fire in the yeah, bottom. Yeah, it's called a, uh, a Caribbean-style grill. They call it a coal pot in the, in the islands, yeah. but it's um, – I think I sent you, like, during the 60s, they, they like, Charbroil made it. There's a couple of aluminum companies that made them, but it, they, they were the, – you know, whenever something comes to America, we always used it as a grill. We put coal in it and cooked steaks on it. But you saw President Eisenhower using a very similar yeah, one. Yeah, we White have that House. picture right there wow. just showing up right there. And that that grill dates back to the one. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I've actually got another one in the car too with me. But um, it's it probably the way this thing looks, 200 years old. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's old. Isn't that amazing? That's why it looks like a huge guacamole muddling bowl from the pictures. It's massive. Oh yeah, it looks pretty big. But yeah, that's absolutely. And the air comes right up wild. to the bottom like a jet. Yeah. yeah, that's freaking amazing. So those those things, and, and that's just it. Those people, how how many different dinners has that cooked for? You know what I mean? That to me is the exciting part. That that's been a part of somebody's family generations meals. Uh, and and just imagine all the people who sat down and rubbed their stomach afterwards, like oh, it tasted great. Because anything you cook over natural fire outside is going to have a nice a nicer taste to it, a different yeah. taste profile. Oh my god! Yeah. And just 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 knowing that that's you know been a part of so many people's families. For such a long period of time, I mean, I'm just happy to have something like that because who knows what would have happened to these things? You know, you know. Now, now people collect Weber's and some of the other big name things people collect. But a lot of these other ones, like this other one I just got, you know, it's just a no name grill. But you know, you know, if just like today we cook out for special occasions, that's what these were used for special occasions. Yeah. So it's to me, I think it's kind of cool that that they're still around and uh, they've been a part of so many people's families for such a long time. So you, you obviously are a collector of grills. Well, what do you have on hand that you cook on? Your favorite, your top three faves. Ooh, so question. my wife does most of the cooking. She actually asked me tonight, am I going to be home late? I said, uh, define late. Stop said, now. Stop admitting that to everybody. <laughs> so go ahead. <clears throat> so she cooks on a gas grill primarily. So okay. it's a Weber gas grill. Uh, just get out, get it down, and get it back in. My favorite to cook on, I do like the Weber kettles. Um, they're just so universal. You can do a lot of stuff with them. Agreed. Um, 
you know, and once, once I get, uh, I'm building a, a shed on my, you know, so I'm going to have a test kitchen and I've got, you know, the top five grills I'm going to cook on, um, you know, probably the last five I got. Um, and these are ones that I found one in Pennsylvania that goes back to the 1930s. I just wow. can't wait to cook on that thing. It's got, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an open brazier basically, but it's just, just to know that you're cooking on a piece of history. Um, those are the type of things that I'm going to enjoy cooking on. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's probably the kettle. And then I've been experimenting a lot because of what I do. I'm trying to been using the, um, uh, we have got pellets. One of the things that BNB has is pellets. So I've been using the pellets on griddles. So I take a griddle and I put pellets in a tube and then just put a dome over top of it and smoke bacon, onions. Oh, I did, um, just idea. different things you could, you know, as you're frying it on the griddle top, you can trap that smoke in there and infuses it into the vegetables or the meats that you're cooking. Well, it's fu- funny. So. It's funny you say that, Ed, that one of our good friends in here, Lep, he goes by is mainly known, but, uh, Paul Jason Keaton, better known as Lep. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did a full pack brisket on the Blackstone griddle with pellets in the two. Interesting. Oh, yeah. So he put it. And in- he probably had it, the, the heat was down low, so he probably got a great bark on the outside of that brisket. Yeah. So it wait, so he didn't put it directly on, on the Blackstone. He, put, no, he had it like raised the, up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was ra- raised up, so you get the, the, the circulation. Circulation. Yeah. But he did, but he had the, the smoke tube and the cover right there on the flat top griddle. Come on. Full pack brisket. He's got a video on it and everything. It was tremendous. That's a large. That's I a large. Heard you told me about that, and I don't know if I actually believe you at the time. Lap, say it. That's a real story. He's huh? in there. True story. I thought you were just blowing smoke. Up he my went ass live like, like eight times for, throughout the whole cook. It was that's tremendous. Freaking awesome, Lap. That is great, dude. But. That shows ingenuity and creativity you know, right there. So you are so Ed, you are saving, you know, barbecue history here with these with the with the grills and everything. But you also have a passion for barbecue cookbooks and all all other, you know, literature based around barbecue and cooking and charcoal itself. Is that tr- that's correct? I've got about 2,500 books, articles, magazines, catalogs, that type of stuff um, that, that, that I started collecting to document the grills. Because if you get an old grill, you get, I go back to Montgomery Wards or Sears catalog or like I just got a woman, Woman's Day magazine from 1957. There's two grills pictures in there that, that you know, I've got to go identify. I think I've got one of them. So and they always give the credits in those magazines of what grills are cooking on. So by buying these old things, and this one, where is it right here? It's a 1950, what is it? Ah, 19, I'm sorry, it's 59. May 1959, Better Homes and Garden, and it's got an outdoor cookery pullout section in it. So, you know, when they, when they do these things that, you know, they, they're cooking on grills from the time period and then they credit the grills so you can find out what they are. But that also gives you kind of a time capsule of what outdoor cooking was in 1959, what they wore, what they cooked, the dinner, where they served it on that type of stuff. So it is kind of like a time capsule. Um, outdoor cooking has, it's changed a lot, but it hasn't changed in the same, same type of thing. Cause it's still the basics. You know, you need proteins, you need a rub and spice, and then you need a fuel source. Um, but then everything else, all the ancillary stuff around it does change. And so these things, by looking at that, you can kind of peek into the world that, you know, it, it, 
it. And, and I've always just said that cooking out is like time travel anyway. If you, if you travel different areas, barbecue tastes differently, and that's what you want. It should be regional, but it's also, you know, you know any 50 miles or 50 years you go, barbecue changes, and that's a good thing because that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, you explore that way, if that makes any sense. You can, you know, if somebody's got barbecue in your neck of the woods, it's going to taste different than my neck of the woods. And even if I just go, you know, 50 miles outside of the city, it's going to taste different too, because they use, they use a local regional stuff with, mm-hmm. you know, the animals that are available, the plants that are available, and even the, 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 the immigration, the people who came to that area from a different area brought their food ways. Different in- influences. And a lot of times, yep. Those food foodways outlast civilizations. They're bringing them in for you know from maybe you know two hundred years ago when they might have migrated from another area type of thing. Right. Yep. So you know, then we were also talking you know with the with you buying the books and everything. You recently got a brand a, well a, a new to you. It's not brand new by new any stretch yeah. of the imagination of a book that you found got from London about charcoal and charcoal briquettes and we're popping the um the title page up on now that you had sent me on the screen and this is dated if i'm not mistaken 1903 wow that's right and if you look at some of the stats he's pulling those stats from 20 30 years earlier than that so that goes back to the 1880s 1870s which precedes um, you know, as, as people around here know, Henry Ford's when he st- when Henry Ford started making briquettes. So yeah, that story goes like he he partnered up with Thomas Edison because Henry Ford hated Henry waste. Ford is in the so barbecue. He had all this wood char waste, and so he wanted to do something with it. So he partnered with Thomas Edison and produced the charcoal briquette. Um, timing was bad because everybody was getting out of cooking on coal and getting cooking to gas and electric. So it didn't, didn't take on very far. And he eventually sold it to his cousin Kingsford. And that's where we get the Kingsford charcoal from. Uh, but, um, mm-hmm. Wait a second. Whose cousin was Kingsford? Was Henry Ford. Ford's cousin was Henry Kingsford. Ford came out with, cause he hated waste in the, in the factory. Okay. And they were using always. So whatever he coal used, driven factories back then. Right. And it was all the, 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 the model T's were made of wood. The, oh, the, uh, the Model T. So we'd have panels, all the cut out for the dials and stuff. They had that wood plug. Oh, yeah. So what to do man. with it? He started making charcoal with it, and then sold the patent to his cousin Come. Kingsford. No. And the rest is that is a good story. That. Definitely yeah, didn't know Henry that. Ford is in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And it says here, so with the help oh, of a chemist, shit. he took the excess scraps from his sawmill and pressed them into lumps held together by tar and cornstarch. <laughs> sure enough, they proved a quick and easy way to keep a fire hot. So there you go. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But this this book we're speaking of precedes that in the research wow. to when the book came out. Like you said, it's 20, Jesus. 30 years prior to that. So you're talking mid-1800s. So, yeah. So I would imagine Edison knew about this guy or knew about his work and took this guy's work and just said, okay, well, this is what we'll do. Because those briquettes were being made. You could see you know, some of those sayings that... In, in Germany and France, they were making these briquettes primarily for, or for, you know, for, for they were using it for locomotion. They were using it for steamships. They were using it for a variety of things. But there are some recipes in there that you can see that 
And if you looked in there, they have uh, one of the ones I sent you was uh, coconut fiber. And now we're using coconut fiber as charcoal. He's got one for seaweed. And I didn't send you the other ones, but they got one for cow dung. And they got a variety of different recipes. And like, this is just good for cooking um, because it, it didn't have enough horsepower to, to move anything. So, um, but question those, for those briquette machines, you could see were, were patented in the European markets long before um, uh, you know, Edison, and I think Zoller was the one who was first credited with the patent in the U.S., uh, a guy named Ed Zoller or something like that. But uh, those machines that existed in European countries predate that by, you know, 30, 40 years. <clears throat> so I have a question. So in, on these locomotives, and I know in a lot of uh, coal-fired pizza places, they use a special type of coal, acetite or something along those. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? It's more... I don't know what the difference is. It's more of a pure. They say broke up. So, so they, they they do more. It's like a more pure burn. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how different that would be, coal versus the stuff that we use. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, like I do. Um, it's, it's, I, it's, it's I a name for it. I want to say I like thought they acetate. Used wood. They put, you know, they. I guess different ones use different different forms of heat. But to me, I thought they they you know they loaded up the. Those ovens with wood, and then they clean out the wood, and they put the pies right there on the on that on whatever that mortar is so, that they use. So uh, you know Pepe's Pizza, and yeah. you know in Connecticut, so they have one in Burlington, and I seen the bags of coal, and I asked those guys, you know what what type of coal do you use, and they said it's this, it's the like acetite or uh, I can't. If someone knows what I'm talking about, there's a name for it. It, it it's a cleaner burn to it, and I didn't know if you just knew you know how that differs from. Yeah. I don't. I haven't heard of that before. Okay, I'll, I'll um, research that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm curious. But I do know that when you when you, I'm sure you guys have done pizzas on your grill too. Oh, I yeah. like that smoke flavor. It gets into the cheese. It gets into the pepperoni. Uh, I don't care if it's a frozen pizza. That I think it does better outside on a grill. With I use lump when I do it because it has that smoky flavor. It gets into the dough. It gets into the cheese. Yeah, I, I kind of like more charcoal flavor in in the pizzas. I agree with that. I always throw a little bit of wood on top too when I'm doing a pizza in the egg. I'll throw like a small piece of like, you know, hickory or oh, yeah. oak in there. Just yeah. just hickory the best for, add, for, just for add, what we use it. On. Yeah, just to add a little bit more to it. So that is freaking awesome, dude. I'm trying uh, to find the name of that. Kent that, that says coal, acacia wood. What is it? Acacia wood. A C A C I A. Is that the right? Pronunciation. Hey, look I have at me. Acacia wood before. Yeah, it's yeah. it's probably. I, I we don't use it. Uh, you know anything that B and B does, but it seems like that's that, that name's popping around in my head. Oh, this Somewhere. is it right here. Anthracite. Anthracite. Anthracite coal. Have you heard of anthracite coal? I know a lot of pizza places use it. I didn't know I if, if that I was something that was it. okay. Yeah, uh, I will what? put on my list to look into. I just, <laughs> you need to know what anthracite coal is, bro. You know everything else about coal. That might that's just it. that's what cool that thing about just the barbecue. You You're always learning. I'm always learning something. And, and, and whether I'm, I'm eating something or, or or somebody's cooking with something or adding something different, there's always something cool to learn about it. So it's yeah. it's more of a. You started out by saying gar, bar, uh, barbecue nerd. Yeah, I can geek out on some barbecue facts. I do like it, and, and I, I never have enough. Yeah, like I was saying when we when we were talking the other day, I was just sitting there in awe. Because because I, I, I love talking to people like Ed, who just have this vast array oh, yeah. of knowledge Absolutely. on things that I wouldn't even have thought of how deep it went. You know, I, I could I could sit here and talk to Ed for hours and just be amazed. And 
I'd, I'd go through three pens jotting down notes for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Ben, what were you going to say? So it says right here, anthracite, also known as hard coal, is a hard, compact variety of coal that has a submetallic luster. It has the highest carbon content, the, few, uh, uh, the fewest impurities, and the highest energy density of all types of coals and is the highest ranking of coals. And that's what you see in the coal beds of a train when they're, you would, you know, that's the, what they would use to fuel the, the trains with, as far, you know, as far as I understand. So when I asked, um, you know, Anthony's coal-fired pizza, they're all over the place, right? I don't know if you got Anthony's. I know that they started out down in Florida, so I'm not sure if you've heard of Anthony's coal-fired pizza, but that's the type. I said, what is the secret? What do you guys use in any specific wood or, you know, wood, I asked. And they go, actually, we use anthracite charcoal. It's very clean, cleanest burning coal, they said, that you could get, except for B&B charcoal. <laughs> I love the plug. Touché. I love that. I like the way you pull that all together, sir. Nice. Nicely done. Oh, <laughs> and, and on, on that. On that, that note, we're running out of time. We're man. running out of time. So, Ed, thank you so much for taking some time out to join us. Uh, this was so, this was interesting. A ton of knowledge. We got guys in the chat saying their minds are blown on the history. Uh -huh. And, you know, so we're going to have to, we're going to have to uh, do some, do another episode at some point down the road. Absolutely. Catch up on a little bit more. We'll dive in deeper. But where can everybody find you and B&B on social media, websites, things of that nature? So, B, just, just bbcharcoal.com will take you to our website, and from there, all the socials are linked to that. I'm not, that's, that's not my preview. Brittany handles all that. But um, so bbcharcoal.com, they'll take you to our website. From there, there's blogs, different things that she's got. It's a really cool website. Um, and then if you want to purchase it, like I said, we don't sell anything. Cyprian charcoal is very expensive. So uh, Ace Charcoal, I mean, I'm sorry, Ace Hardware right now. And, and selected Lowe's stores. So make sure you get into a Lowe's store and ask for it. And, okay. Uh, if it's not there, then they'll, they'll, they'll order more for me, and then we'll get it to those stores. Awesome. You heard that calling pit life crew, calling all pit lifers in New England pit masters. Head to your local Lowe's and ask and them for B&B. And ask to carry B&B. That's it. I mean, that's it right there. And we'll get it more in there. Guys, thank you. Thanks, Ed. Hey, thank you so Ed, much. Hold on Ed, with us Ed, while we wrap up. I will get, um, I'll get you uh, Gray's information. You know, thank you for Address. the yep. for for the hat giveaway there. That was awesome. And just hang out one one minute while we do our uh, outro, and we'll be right back with you, Ed. Crazy, right. huh? That was crazy. What a great guest. Awesome. Awesome. So much you. knowledge about oh. something we use daily in the field. Yeah. Between the, the the coal and the in the the grills and the vessels, oh. depending on the city. Tipping the iceberg with his grills. We want to have him back just to talk about more grills next time. Yeah. And, oh, and, for sure. And what he's learned about anthracite coal. That's it. And we'll get pictures of the grills. Oh, we can have some fun with that. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's it for this week, folks. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. Catch the audio wherever podcasts are found. Catch the video on Facebook and YouTube on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and notification bell. You'll have all our episodes right there at your fingertips. And it's not a bad idea because God knows that there's been pages just disappearing oh, yeah. on uh, on other platforms. So hit that YouTube and uh, it, you'll, you'll, 
you'll have us on both platforms. Yeah. On social media, find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Pit Life BBQ. And also, again, like John said, follow us on Instagram as well. Um, as well as myself, uh, the barbecue broker. I've been cooking some great stuff on the new back line. I did some awesome briskets, brisket sandwich I made the other day. Check it out. There's also my uh, my Facebook business page, the barbecue broker catering LLC, and our awesome group, Pit Life Group, and the New England Pitmasters. That's it. That's it. Also, catch me on YouTube at Johnny Mags BBQ. You saw my jalapeno pepper oh, cheese. Come on! The only thing I that, was told I should have called it a melt. Look, but the only thing that would have made that better is one ingredient: brisket. Next time, do a Texas Twinkie grilled cheese. What? Am I ruining surprises? Yes. Oh, whatever. I ruined nothing until you do it. I got a whole bunch of lies. Talk is cheap. Let's see it. Questions, <laughs> questions and comments, send it to podcast at gmail.com, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and like always, subscribe, like, rate, and review. Hit that share button. Oh, yeah. What? Keep the stuff off the grill and not, Come at me, and bro. not the driveway. Come at me. <laughs> the driveway's a mess. <laughs> and on that note, till next week, keep, keep the, the smoke, smoke rolling. rolling. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.